All right, joining us right now on our hotline is none other than a former Oriole pitcher, and that is Steve Johnson. Uh, Steve, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I don't want to go too deep into this. How's Dad doing? We know he had a small surgery. Is he doing okay? He's doing good. He it was a uh, it was small, but it was a little longer than we expected. But he's out, and he's uh, he's just trying to feel a little better. His but, uh, his was a little bit more complicated. I know. Um, is he okay if if I text him? I mean, is that okay? He'll, he'll yeah, answer. Yeah, okay. they they had to keep him a couple um a couple of. Uh, day so he's he's still in the hospital recovering but right. uh he's doing a lot better and he's feeling a lot better he has his phone with him so he'd probably really appreciate that all right hey by the way i texted you about two weeks ago i said hey any chance you could come on this saturday meaning last week uh, to the show you said well i'm i'm in thailand on my honeymoon <laughs> uh, i didn't know your marriage was coming up that quickly uh tell us a little bit about your wife and uh uh, how it is, how it feels to be married. And first of all, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We, we actually got married back in September and, uh, she, um, my wife's name is Bailey and she, uh, she's a nurse. And since we couldn't take off too much or she couldn't take off right. around, uh, the wedding and we wanted to take a longer honeymoon, we had to kind of push it off until, um, you know, the last two weeks. So, um, yeah, she, She's a uh, nurse at Kennedy Krieger, and um, we met about three years ago now. And um, married life for the last couple of months has has been great. Um, just kind of enjoying it, and it was nice to actually kind of go celebrate finally on our honeymoon. And Thailand was awesome. How so, was uh, how we, was we Thailand? Really, how was Thailand? It, it was great. I mean, we we went to about three different places in Thailand, and um, the food's delicious. The people are like some of the nicest people we've ever met, and uh, we had a great time. And Near the end, there we were we were kind of excited to to come home and maybe just have a nice burger, maybe some pizza. <laughs> but uh, while we were there, I mean, it, it was it was delicious, it was beautiful. Um, uh, we stayed at some really nice places, and it was it was great. We're talking with Steve Johnson, former big league pitcher, and uh, Steve, you put so many years into your career, and you you decided to end it uh, and retire from the from playing the game but the game is never going to be far from you. Tell our listeners and viewers on Facebook Live right now what Steve Johnson is doing right now with teaching the art of pitching. Well, I'm actually doing pitching and hitting um, because they're, you know, they're rotational movements and they both are kind of dealing with the same uh, functional strength movements that I'm, that I'm putting into uh, the program. And uh, near the end of my career, I started working on um, – started training with, with some guys down in Northern Virginia and um, they were really working on functional strength and um, you know, the kinematic sequence and on all the stuff you're hearing um, that are coming into baseball more uh, now. And uh, it just really gave me an understanding that, you know, everyone's different, everyone's body's different, but your body needs to be efficient. Uh, whether that's in your pitching delivery or your, your hitting swing, you want to get the most power out of your body. Um, and there's ways to do that. And there's honestly, I, I wish I would have figured some of it out a little earlier in my career, but it just wasn't, it wasn't out there. And, and now you're hearing more and more and more about it. And uh, that's basically what I'm adding into um, a, a program here is, is you're dealing with functional strength, 
while also getting um, working on those skilled movements that everyone wants to uh, to work on. You know, the, the swing and the actual mechanics of pitching. Um, but they all kind of work together. If you're not strong enough to um, perform the movements you're trying to perform, then there's going to be a little break in the, in the in the chain there. And we're basically just trying to get it all together, get it all smooth, get it all efficient. And not only will that allow you to get the most strength into uh, your swing or, or, or throw, but it, it will also uh, keep you healthy because you're kind of spreading your energy all around your whole body and not just using all arm or all legs or, you know, that, that's basically the goal. And, and the good part is that if you start early, um, you have a better chance to, uh, to really add on the strength um, later on in your, in your career at, you know, 17, 18 when you're trying to go into college and, and into the pros. Steve, how important is it for you as an ex-pitcher and a guy that worked so hard to get to where you were to be able to give back and to teach and, you know, to know that you're going to be helping a lot of people that had the same dream you had? It's pretty. It's a pretty big part of why I decided to do this as you know my future career. Um, you know, I always thought about I'd be a, a pretty good coach. I had to do um, a lot with with a little. I guess someone would say. Um, just I didn't have the the high velocity. I didn't have the the crazy curveball. I, I had some. If everyone said I had very average stuff, and, so, but I knew how to pitch. So you were I, a chip off your old block, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. There you and, go. Uh, and and a lot of it was because of him as well. Um, you know, you you learn all that that those little things, those you know, changing speeds at the right time, and and knowing when to throw what pitches, and those little things go into it. But uh, I, I figured I'd always be a good coach just because I knew how to relate to pretty much everybody, and uh, because I was a guy that. You know, you, the guys that throw hard need to also know how to pitch, and I, I feel like I did that pretty well. And um, so I just to be able to give back and, and um, maybe teach some kids at a younger age um, and be able to get them hopefully being able to play this game for as long as I was able to and hope maybe longer um, is a way for me to stay in the game and also kind of get that joy that I might be missing from not actually competing myself. Now, it's interesting. You say, you know, I got by with uh, with very little and all that stuff. You know, what you're talking about, though, is at the at the little league level or the pony league level and then into even high school, players like yourself who are naturally gifted and, and you can be self-deprecating and say, well, I didn't have an overpowering this or that. You You had to be pretty gifted to be as good as you were. But because you're so gifted – and maybe the level of coaching isn't what it is today with some of the new the new angles of of, of teaching performance. Um, do you think that that that's something that could have made you even a much better player had you known about this and been taught these things when you were 15, 16 years old? I I, I think it could have very it could have helped. Um, you know, it's tough to say. I know that I could have gotten started a lot earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. I came from my dad never allowed me to lift weights, okay. never allowed me to do really anything but like band work. And I mean, that, weights and workouts were not anywhere in my program. Okay. I did some like arm exercises and and I was able to get by. I was strong enough to, to hit the ball pretty far and I was able to throw pretty hard and I really worked on my mechanics. But you know, when you look back at what I could have done, mm-hmm. the things that I could have made stronger, that wasn't really a big, it's not, it's not huge weights. It's just body weight. It's yeah. making 
you know, it's it's flexibility. It's it's things that I never even thought about Maxim, doing, but Maxim, I got by. Maximizing your body's efficiencies, I guess. Exactly. Is yeah. And because I know that I, I knew when I actually got my delivery um, looked at, I was very inefficient. Now I made it work, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to make it last, and I wasn't able to stay consistent long enough to do what I wanted to do with the rest of my career. Um, and sure, I got I got a long way. I got to where everyone wants to get to, but once you get there, you want to stay, and I wasn't able to do that. So um, is that because of I wasn't able to make maximize my delivery early? Well, I felt like when I actually figured out how to do that, it was too little too late. Um, a little too old, and I had a bad year, and then boom, I was gone. Let me, um, and it was tough to kind of get a job. Let me, let me follow up with that. If you're able to better learn how to maximize your body's movements and abilities, is, it, is there a chance that that would have kept you from, more, from injury? I, I, would, I, would have, I would think so, because not just arm. I didn't really have a big arm injury. Right. I, I kind of fell apart in the other parts of my body, whether it was groin, uh, I tore my oblique twice. Right. And it was because most, I, I would say it's because other parts of my body had to work harder because there was a break in the chain. Uh, my body wasn't efficient. My delivery wasn't efficient. And I was losing something. So when you do that, your body kind of, um, you know, makes up for it in different ways, uh, different movements to, to get you to what you're trying to get to, you know, to, to throw the ball where you want to get to and to throw the ball as hard as you want to. Your body has to make other changes because your body is getting a break in where the energy is supposed to go to. So I would say that, yeah, that, that's probably a big part of why. You know, I can't 100%. You know, people yeah. are different. Um, but I would say that I would have gave myself a, a whole lot more opportunity to not only stay healthy but also throw harder because I was uh, my there was a break in the energy chain. So if that happens, you're not getting the full amount of energy that you could put onto the baseball. And so, yeah, I threw 90, 91, but – that could have been, you know, I could have been sitting at 90 and, and touching 94. You know what I mean? It, it's minor details, yeah, but at the same time. But that's a huge you know, difference. That's, that's, that's a, a huge big difference. part. Yeah. We're talking about a guy was... missing a fastball, too, and, and instead of getting, yep. you know, getting it, getting a piece of it and making you throw extra pitches. We're talking with Steve Johnson, and we're broadcasting from the live casino hotel studio, <laughs> Stan the Fan and Craig Heist on the bat around. Steve, um, the. Um, uh, First of all, let me understand, you're teaching people yourself. I mean, in other words, you you take private lessons, correct? Or you're teaching private lessons. But are you also working with an academy, Optimal Baseball Performance? That's just, it's all me. Um, Okay, that's your your thing. That's just the name of the the business that that I created. And I um, basically, it's just a play on... You know, you want to get the, the your optimal amount of energy into whatever you're doing. Um, so that's kind of where I, I went, and it's just me. And, and yeah, we're doing um, private private lessons. I usually do. I try and get two kids at a time. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, you're working on, like, a, a, a full program would be you start out with functional strength. And not only does that eventually get you more uh, get you stronger in the right areas, but it also works as a warm-up. Uh, I don't think people warm up the right way uh, ever, especially at a young age. So um, I, the, the functional strength actually allows your body to, to get fully loose before we do any throwing and or hitting. And um, I think that's pretty important. And a lot of the, the kids that come in here can take that into their um, you know, summer ball and, and, and high school ball when 
they're going to throw. So I have to get warmed up. Sean, what? And I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just think that that's a lost art in yep. a way. Um, I think a lot of people just show up to the field, they do a couple arm things, and then they they start playing catch and and they're ready to go. And that's just not. I mean, big league guys spend an a full hour before the game and doing the bike, doing stretches, all this uh-huh. stuff, and and you know amateurs go out there and they spend about two minutes warming up and and they expect their arms and bodies to be ready and i think that that's kind of another part of the thing that i'm trying to teach as well yeah i wanted your opinion on this and maybe you you'll you'll have a uh you'll have an opinion on it or maybe it'll cause a thought to pop in your head you know when when i used to when I was kind of in my young adulthood, I would hear that Elrod Hendricks had a baseball camp, then Larry Sheets had a hitting place and all that. And I wouldn't think that much was going on there unless I took lessons with the big league guy, with Larry Sheets or something like that. What is behind now? I'm finding more and more hitters and pitchers are working at these different academies Names I've never heard of are doing the teaching, and now these names are also popping in to talk to get major league jobs, and in some cases they are getting major league hitting jobs and pitching coaching jobs. Uh, What is going on at that level and also at the college level? All of a sudden there's been a, you know, we live in a copycat society, so somebody like the Twins hire Wes Johnson from college. Now every team seems to be interviewing college pitching coaches what is going on below the the major and minor league level with these academies where the, where such good teaching is going on steve uh, i think it's just you know science is becoming a big part of what we're doing in in baseball and i think in other sports it's been going on for a long time and baseball is kind of slowly um kind of catching on and I believe that these a lot of these programs are, are really good at knowing, understanding data, understanding what everything means, and then being able to relate it to the player. Um, and the guys are searching for it. I mean, teams aren't teams weren't providing it for a long time, and guys would go out of their way to, hey, I know there's stuff going on, and I no one's explaining it to me, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to do it. So they're going out to all these places that that understand it, know how to relate it. Um, know how to train in the right way and putting it into maximizing performance. And I feel like teams are finally saying, Hey, like they, they had a lot going on. They had a lot of science stuff, but no one was relating it to the player. You had coaches who didn't know how to, you know, teach it or understand the data themselves. And then you had the science guys who weren't relating it to anybody. And then you had the coaches who under, you know, the, the GM and all those places, they, they kind of understood it, but they weren't telling anybody. And it was, everyone was kind of on different pages. Um, yeah. pages. And uh, I believe they're just trying to make that connection somehow. And they're bringing in some of these guys who have related it to the players for a long time. And I think a lot of pe- people are giving them kind of free reign to say, hey, we, we've been doing one thing for a long time, and we want to try and do it a different way. And I still think that they're, they need to blend it better. Um, they need to take coaches who had actually performed there uh, at the highest level they need to teach them. The coaches need to be acceptive of, the, accepted of it and be able to maybe understand it so that they can relate it. And it's, everyone needs to work together. I mean, it's it's all about making that player the best player possible. And it takes a whole village to be able to do it. 
and everyone needs to work together. And I don't think people have worked together for a little bit. I think there's been a little bit of a divide where you have old school and new school and they don't want to blend that well. So the teams that are able to blend it better are going to maybe make their players a little better. I was going to say, how do you, how, what's the challenge of that? Because we hear so much about the science, we hear so much about the analytics of the game now, and that's the way many players coming up are being taught. But there is also that good old-fashioned eye test. What's the, what's the balance between the two to try to get it right? I think there needs to be, from just my opinion, I think there needs to be a nothing is 100% one way. And I think that that is kind of the problem where it's not being explained. You know, they, they, need, to, they need to have a conversation. They need to be explained, hey, this is why we're doing this. And the coach is like, well, why don't we – why are we not doing it this way? I mean, I'm seeing this. What, I'm, what am I missing here? And it needs to be explained. And, and maybe they can come to an understanding. Because um, I, I believe that there's a lot of input and value that, that coaches who have played at the highest level, yeah, not all people who play at the highest level are the best coaches. But sometimes they bring some, some info that you just can't get from someone who's never played at that level. Yeah, they have the science. They understand it. But, you know, that, that's fine. But when you have bases loaded, two outs, and the best hitter up at the, up at the plate – Maybe some things have to change, and that comes from experience that you can only get when you've been there. So I think that there needs to be a, just more of a conversation, more of an understanding, more of a, hey, we're all here for the same reason. Um, and maybe if they do that and if they work together in the right way, then, then teams will start to kind of helping players out because that's, that's really the goal is to make the player the best possible player that they could be so that they could help the big league, big league team win. One one Oriole question, and I know you're not in the organization, and you you probably weren't down at Bowie or Frederick or Delmarva last year, but Mike Elias's first year, no question, he brings the a more analytical bent to the organization and the teaching. Is it just a coincidence that the pitching did so well, or is there something to what they were being taught? resonated with the players especially at the lower levels delmarva and and in Bowie, you know i I just think that they they drafted pretty well okay um the last couple years and it it happened i think the last i think two years of um you know before elias got here and then he had a i thought he had a pretty good draft this year and um it's just drafting the right guys and putting them in a um, position to succeed and um uh, there could be possibilities of them adding the uh, the science into it a little mm-hmm. bit, and especially with the guys at Aberdeen when they first got there, and you know, kind of getting them to understand certain things. Sure, but I, I just think um, they had a couple good drafts, and and unfortunately, I think that over the last however many years, um, I, I feel like they didn't we didn't hit as an Orioles fan, and uh-huh. didn't hit on uh, enough guys. You know, sure, you have the top picks. Everyone but, has the top picks, and, and you miss some, and you hit some, and fine. But they need to hit more on those middle picks, you know, those those picks that come out from nowhere and, and but, are, are dominant. And those guys that just come out, you know, they, I feel like they just didn't have enough. And the AL East is a tough. I, I, it's tough to come out and pitch in the AL East, and it's very hard to do. And they can get on all the young guys that come up and do it, but it's not an easy thing to do when you're coming in and, and the, the, it's the second inning, and it's seven to nothing, and a reliever's coming in, and he has to go out, and everyone's two for two and feeling good on the other team. And 
they're just teeing off on everybody. It's not, I've been there. It's not an easy thing to, to go out there and do. So there's a confidence level um, that uh, I think is being instilled in the lower levels. They're winning. Um, I think that, that teams feed off of that. Um, players feed off of that. When, the, when one guy goes out and he goes, goes seven innings, the other guy wants to do it and top it. Uh, that's maybe something that wasn't there for a little bit, uh, at least at the lower levels. Because we felt it in those years, so, you know, 2012 and 13, you know, when guy went out there and pitched well, we were, we were playing pretty well at that point. So you always want to top it. I think that the confidence level there, it goes a long way. So if they're winning at the lower level and trying to outcompete each other, you have a lot of young, good pitchers there. And I think that, that uh, it all helps. One more question about that, because you were a guy who spent you, – you went step-by-step step to the major leagues. In other words, you pitched for a long time in the minor leagues. Could you speak to the, the need – organizations, because of the economics, a lot of times like to rush people. I think that Mike Elias is doing this the right way by making sure that development at each level is complete. Can you speak to that? I believe it's easy to do that when you're losing. Yeah, no um, question about it. Yeah, there's no there's no rush, and a lot of people are like, "Why aren't we calling this guy up?" And it's like, "Well, one, why would you want to start his clock when mm-hmm. the team's not winning? And two, why are you going to throw him into a situation that is just so hard when you have guys that maybe are very just inexperienced that are up there and they're pitching against guys who are very experienced and um, it's not, it's not easy to keep the same mindset that you need when guys are giving up a lot of runs and you're pitching, you're constantly pitching games where you're down by eight already. And it's like, you're going into the game and all everyone on the other team is just feeling comfortable in the box and you can have the best stuff in the world. But if the other guy's not even scared because he's already two for two with the Homer, then he's not going to swing at the, the pitches that he normally would. So, you know, that's a really tough you know situation yeah. to do that. When I was playing, we were pretty good, so they were taking anyone that could pitch, anyone that could do well. You're, you know, you don't do well, but we'll get someone that can. We'll, we just need to win. We need to find something to, yep. to get us going. And when you're losing, I feel like it's a little easier to say, hey, you know, we're just going to go, and when he's ready, he's ready. And we're going to make sure every guy that we have is ready until maybe we start winning and we start using that mentality. Um, I think one of the more important things is if I think maybe what have helped a lot of guys is, is a top prospect comes up, and I think that maybe if he's a starter – Maybe he stays a starter. Um, if he's a reliever, maybe he stays a reliever. And you bring up a guy, and you're not saying, "Okay, you're going to come to the bullpen and you know pitch twice, and then you're going to go back down, and then you're going to start." And then right. kind of uh, that's a hard mindset. I, I did it. I know a lot of guys that I played with did it. And some, you know, you can succeed doing that. Sure, it's not. It's just not as easy to stay. It's all about rhythm. It's all about you know staying in a routine. And I think that if guys can stay in their starter routine, they've been a starter their whole career, well, they should go to the big leagues as a starter. Um, and it doesn't always work out that way, and I believe that I got my start from being a from being a reliever first, and I made the most of it, and I eventually got some starts. But, um, you know, I was a starter my whole career, so I had to whole, learn how to pitch out of the bullpen in the big leagues at the highest level. So it's um, not easy to do, and fortunately I was able to make it work for however long I was there, but um, – I think that if you keep guys in the same routine, we'll have a lot more success in bringing those guys and keeping them there. The program is Optimal Baseball Performance. If somebody's listening today, either a, a young kid or a father that wants uh, their son to, to teach, uh, to be taught, how do they get in touch with Optimal Baseball Performance, Steve Johnson? 
they can just uh, I'm on Facebook. They can find me there, or um, they can email me at optimalbaseball at gmail dot com. We we appreciate it again. Congratulations uh, for your nuptials, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best, Steve. Happy holidays to you. you and your family. You too. All right.